0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana. All within my budget.
1: Doesn't get much smoother than that.
0: It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a co and found my dream car. It doesn't get much Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today.
1: You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more. Or on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word harvest to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message.
2: Stand with me. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. God, we bless you, and we honor you. Father, my assignment today is clear. My assignment is to lay us out on the surgery table so that you can cut away what needs to be cut, so that you can add what needs to be added, so that this would be a place and a message of healing. This would be a message of healing. This would be a message of healing in this building and on every digital platform. I just want you to shout this word, shout, heal. Heal. And make it personal. Say, "Heal heal me, God. From this day forward. Clap your hands like you love them on your way down to your seat. Let's go to work. So this series we've been in, and we're down to the last two messages. It's called Let's Be Kids Again. Let's Be Kids Again. And where does this come from? In Mark chapter 10, Jesus says these words. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a what? like a child, will never enter it. Jesus didn't say to be childish. Jesus was teaching us to be childlike. Why? The kingdom belongs to those that act like kids again. And the kingdom manifests from in you to change what's going on around you. And I need you to listen carefully. I've been teaching you all this month about David. Everybody say David. David demonstrates these eight principles I've taught you of how to be a kid again. And when you're a kid again, anything is possible. For some of you, watch me, life has taken away the inner child on the inside of you. So when you deal with God, you don't deal with him as a father, you deal with him as a transactional person. You deal with him that like you're only trying to get something from him. But I need you to know he's your father and you are his son or his daughter. What does that mean? That means I am his child, which means I can approach him like a child and I think watch me every parent in this building and online you have seen your children approach you and whatever they wanted they asked you for you have seen your children approach you and whatever they believe they could do they've been able to do for some of you God's about to restore the child in you again and because life has beaten you down life has given you so much grief life has given you so many concerns that today somebody say today 8, 28, 22. You better check them numbers. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Two is the beginning of witness. You're in the eighth month. I need you to open up your mouth. Say, Lord, restore the child in me. Look why the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids what again and i showed you this with david and i talked to you these eight principles if you've not been in the series catch up on the messages so that you understand where we're at in first samuel 16 david is anointed to be king he is a young man in fact he is the eighth son of his father jesse jesse has seven sons that are older than david but it was the kid watch me that got the kingdom and for some of you look at me you keep thinking well i don't have this i don't have this i don't have that i don't have that What you think is your disadvantage, hear me, God's going to make that your advantage. What you think disqualifies you is what God is going to use to qualify you. For every person that's ever been overlooked, you need to hear me, you're exactly who God is looking for. And 1 Samuel 16, he's anointed to be king. And 1 Samuel 17 and 50, watch what the Bible says. Because David, he has this battle in 1 Samuel 17 with this giant called Goliath. And Goliath was between 675 and 9.75 feet tall. And I need you to hear me clearly. The king did not want to fight him. The incumbent king at the time was Saul. Saul said, I do not want to fight him. The army did not want to fight him. Watch me. It was the kid that ran up and said, I'll fight this Philistine. And for some of you, watch me, you're about to get battles and you're about to have victory over battles that other people ran from. But because you run too, it's going to give you what they can't have. Let me see if I can say it another way. If you live like nobody else, you get to live like nobody else. Everybody else is running from the problem, but here you come, David, running to the problem. Everybody else is saying it's impossible. Here you come saying with God, all things are possible. So in 1 Samuel 17 and 50, against all odds, and I need you to hear me, God likes to stack the deck. I need you to hear me. God likes it to look like everybody's against you. Why? Because that makes you lean on him. I need to talk to some of you where you're looking at circumstances in your life, and you're like, it seems like it's me against the world. Look at me. It is. He stacked the deck against you so that it would have to be God that would show up for you. I think I got some witnesses in this building where if you look back over your life, there were some decks that were stacked against you. And when you look back, you can say, didn't nobody do this, but... 9.15, I'm not playing with y'all. I need some of you where you can testify. When I look back, oh, I should have been dead, should have been messed up. The statistics were against me. People were against me. But God, everybody shout, but God. David triumphed. The deck was stacked against him. You got Goliath with his big behind. You, You got this whole Philistine army. You have the lords of the Philistine. What is that? That's their government. You have a whole government against you. You have a whole warrior against you. You have a whole army against you. And here you come running up. Why? Because you're a kid again. And here you come running up and saying, listen, I know you may think you're going to take me down. But what you don't understand is this ain't even my battle. Why? I'm a kid. He's my daddy. And when you mess with me, you mess with my. I wonder where the parents are in the building. Well, whenever your child has an issue, you're like, wait a minute. I'm going to get down there. Where are the parents at in the building that if you see the school number on your phone, you're like, uh-uh, it's about to be some smoke in the city. What's going on at that school? You walk in with an attitude. Now, what's the problem? I need some of y'all to recognize that's how your father does you. The moment he sees that stuff is coming against you, he steps out of heaven into the earth and says, Now, what you doing to my son? What are you doing to my daughter? Because I'm about to make some smoke up in here. Come on, open your mouth and say, he fights for me. So look at 1 Samuel 17 and 50. So David triumphed. Say your name. This month, and I need you to hear me, not just this month, but for the rest of your life, it's going to be like David. So instead of David's name, put your name. So Bishop Kevin Foreman, if you got a business, put your business name. So Harvest Church, whatever business you got, put it in the atmosphere say your family name if you're the head of the house say your family name watch me this is your verse so they triumphed watch me they didn't have what everybody said they needed he did it with only a sling and a stone because he didn't have a sword look at me what you don't have you don't need if you stop looking at what you don't have, you'd recognize you don't need it in the first place. Can I get you to fist bump somebody close to you? Say, what you don't have, you don't need. oh I just heard this. Who you don't have, you don't need. I'm glad there's some people that walked out of your life. Why? God needed you to see they're not a part of your destiny. They're not a part of your assignment. What i battle have, who I don't have, I don't need in the first place. David, triumph. Say your name. Triumph. Triumphed. I need you to get used to that word. Say triumphed. triumph. But he's in timeout after this great triumph. Here's a trip about God. Is that he'll let you go high. And then you'll be like, ooh, this is good. And then the next week, he'll make you dip, baby, dip. And some of y'all watch me. I need you not to let the dip make you trip. Because in 1 Samuel 17, David is like, bam, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Then in 1 Samuel 18, God says, now go to timeout. What did I do wrong? Nothing. It's that what I anointed you for in 16, I wanted you to see you could handle it in 17. But now I need to train you to make sure you keep it in 18 through (laughs) Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're never going to lose territory again. God is not a God of regression. He's a God of progression. Prophesy this to somebody on your road. Online, you tag somebody. Online, you speak this to somebody. Say, you will never go backward again. Wrong person, because when you said that, they should have put a praise on it. Touch somebody else, please. Say, you will never go backward again. Say, every step you take, it's going to be progress. Every move that you make is going to be progress. Watch me. Even your timeouts, even your transition, you ain't going back. Come on, speak this over your life. Say, I ain't never going back. He didn't. Timeout isn't going backward. Timeout is to prepare you to always stay forward. Because watch me, Saul lost the kingdom. God says, David, you're not going to lose it. David, you're not going to lose it. Even when your son Absalom tries to take it from you. Watch me, because I'm with you and I prepared you, you're not going to lose it. I don't know who's scared of losing something, but I rebuke your fear. You're not going to lose anything. Please lift your hands in this building and online. Say, I'm not going to lose anything. huh? From 1 Samuel 16 or uh, 18, for 16 chapters, he's in time out. And in this particular part of the scripture, each chapter represents roughly one year, which means David is in timeout roughly for 16 years. Until 2 Samuel 2, when God gives him part of the kingdom, Judah. Then God, in 2 Samuel 5, gives him all of the kingdom, Israel. And so what's the difference? The kingdom was split. Israel was a term that was used for all of it, but it was split. So the southern part of Israel was called Judah. The northern part was called Israel. Now pay attention. God, when he takes him out of time out, he says, here goes part of it. I'm not going to give you all of it. Watch me. Until seven years later to make sure that you can handle this. Look at me. Anything that is too heavy up top, it will break under the pressure and for some of y'all, you've been complaining that your life feels like a never-ending cycle of leg days at the gym. I don't know about you, but listen, leg de- Listen, I, I build muscle real fast, so I don't like being on legs and all that, because I need my pants to fit. I'm not buying new clothes. Judge me if you want to. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, so we're going to do i Now, check this out. Um, leg days, you normally can see people once they finish leg days, because they're limping a little bit. But see, God has a history of putting people on leg days. Come here, Jacob. He, he, he touched his hip so that he never walked the same, so it looked like he would. Okay, you'll catch it in a minute. Well, Watch me. God says, I need to make sure that you're strong down on the lower part so that you can handle any weight. I... Let me back it up. I need you to make sure that you are not a reverse triangle where you cannot hold anything up top because the weight's too heavy. Look at me. God's been preparing you to carry the weight because what's ahead of you, it's heavier than you've ever had. Watch me. But it's going to be better than you've ever had. I, I wish I had a witness at this 915. Come on, somebody say, I can carry the weight now. I. See, if you can't deal with two people talking about you, what are you going to do when 200 people are talking? If you can't deal with one person walking away from you, what in the world are you going to do when a whole group of people mob up on you? If you can't handle figuring it out one lonely night, what in the world are you going to do with a year where you feel like you're by yourself? Encourage somebody next to you and say, it was not punishment, It's preparation. David becomes king of Judah. He becomes king of Judah in 2 Samuel 2. Pay attention. In 2 Samuel 2. I need some of y'all to count. You Actually, you don't have to count. You just have to recognize numbers. <laughs> Come on, in the comments, drop it. Come on, the building, you say it in the comments online, you drop it. Two, which means God says, David, you're going to witness this. In fact, 2 Samuel is the chapter you get it all. Which means when you see these twos, that is God telling you prophetically, I'm about to give it all Oh my God, I'm so glad you didn't quit. I'm so glad you didn't throw in the towel. I'm so glad you didn't let the pressure make you do what you should not have done. I'm so glad you didn't let the pressure make you pull back. I want to thank God for every person where well, you were close to the edge. You almost jumped over the edge, but then God snatched you. Look at somebody and say, and he snatched you back. Uh uh-uh, uh, I don't like the way they said that. Say that with some authority. Say, and he snatched you back. Because I- imagine if David gives up in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and says, this is taking too long. Imagine if David gives up in 1 Samuel 30 after Ziklag has been attacked. And he says, this is too much, This too much. <laughs> he says, this is this is taking too long. This is too much. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. All of these triumphs, we see David sitting on the throne. We see David celebrating. We see people clapping. We see people sashaying in front of him. You ready? But all of his triumphs were on the transportation of trauma. You ready? Say triumph, triumph only, comes only comes through trauma. You won't this, you're going to have to go through trauma. You want it all brand new socks and drawers? It's a song. It comes with trauma. You want to be the curse breaker in your bloodline? It comes with trauma. This is why, you ready? Let me help some of y'all. When you see people who don't do much, it doesn't look like they're going through much. And I need you not to be jealous of who's been, where they're going. I'll back it up and say it again. I need you not to be jealous of. If you just can we have an honest moment for a second? You ever looked at some people and you're like, God, they ain't doing nothing, and they ain't going through nothing, which means they're not on the transportation. Which means where they are is as good as it's ever gonna get for them. But for you, it's about to be a game changing. But for you, you're about to carry what you, come on. I need you to prophesy to somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad you handled your trauma. It's transportation. Look at somebody else say, don't be jealous of somebody not going through nothing. That means they aren't going anywhere. Matter of fact, I'm glad I went through it. Matter of fact, I'll bless the Lord him at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm glad about it. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. If no, if you're not going through anything, you're not going anywhere. You ready? Trauma is deeply distressing or disturbing events. Now pay attention, it's an event which means it happened, it's not necessarily still happening. The second part of the definition of trauma is where most of us are, and most people under the sound of my voice are, is the event's over, but you're still dealing with the emotional shock after trauma, which can lead to something in psychology called neurosis, which is an excessive and irrational anxiety or obsession. In other words, translation, it's over, but you're not over it. Okay, all right, 9.15. It's done with, but you still act like it's going on. It has completed and concluded, but you still act as if you're not in it. Where's the toothpaste? Please, thank you. Watch me. You used to, you used to, you used to struggle to where you had to get all this toothpaste. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. To, you used to struggle Amen. to where you made sure you got a little bit of yeah. this toothpaste. You had to get all this toothpaste out of here. You ready? But you ain't struggling now. But you still, but you still, you still getting into to the end. To make sure you get every little bit of that toothpaste out. Because the struggle is over, but you still think you're in a struggle. The struggle is over, but you still think you are in a struggle. Come here, please. The struggle is over, but you still feel like you're in it. The abusive relationship is over, but you still act like you're in an abusive relationship. Watch me. The bad friends have left, but you still treat new people like they're old people. The stupid people in your life have left, but you still treat everybody like. Okay, y'all, yeah, like I said. Look at me. It's over, but you're not. Trauma, say trauma. Trauma, trauma creates wounds. But here's the question Bishop! Why would God allow trauma? Job 16, 14. He breaks me. Shut up. (laughs) With wound upon wound, he runs at me like a warrior. This is deep. Pay attention. Uh, Look at me. Look at me. Say trauma. Trauma. Creates wounds. wounds. Now, Now, look at me. The word breaks there. When we think of break, we think of something breaking, right? You got to break it down. So here's the first level. Can I give you the four levels here? So here's the first level. Sometimes the you that you are is not the right size for the door you have to get through. And there's stuff God has to break off of you. Watch me. Some of you, can I be honest with you? You're too arrogant to be successful. Because the moment you get anything, all of a sudden you act brand new. So he has to cut arrogance off of you because the door you're about to walk through, it's a skinny door. This ain't no big door, which means God says you're going to have to fit through the door. And I can't watch me. Your arrogance ain't going to fit. Your attitude's not going to fit. Your inconsistency not going to fit. Your wishy-washiness is not going to fit. So the first thing God has to do is break stuff off of you. Lift your hands and say, Lord, thank you for breaking stuff off of me. But then when, if you look at the screen, you'll see that the next definition of breaks, you ready? It is causes breakthrough, which means God says when you go through trauma, trauma will create breakthrough in you. The greatest breakthrough is not around you. The greatest breakthrough is when you're sitting up and all of a sudden you're like, uh, I get it. I want to check this room and see if in the last eight months there's been anybody where you've had some internal breakthrough, where all of a sudden you were like, wait a minute, I understand now. Wait a minute, it makes sense to me now. Wait a minute, I get it. Come on, open your mouth and say breakthrough. breakthrough. But let's get the second, look at the third, the third, third thing here, third thing here, look at the screen. Third thing, third thing, third thing, third thing. It means growth. God uses trauma to cause growth. We don't grow. Unless we are, look at me. Unless the pain of comfort becomes greater than the pain of growth, I'll say it again. We don't grow. Look at me. Your neighbor likes to talk about change. I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna change this. Yep, wait a minute. I'm gonna Look at me. Shut up. You're a liar. Stop. I mean, shut up in the nicest shut up possible. Okay. Because when change starts happening, well, wait a minute, you're moving my box? If you don't shut up. Well, wait a minute, you're changing things. Well, wait a minute, things are different. Well, wait a minute, this is not the same. And God is like, this is the only way you're going to grow. What if God had to do this to get you to be okay? Okay. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? Look look at me. Look at me. It causes growth, which means every time you go through trauma, God says, I'm trying to create growth in you because you are too, watch me, you're too old to be that immature. Age and maturity are two different things. Aaliyah said age ain't nothing but a number, and baby girl wasn't lying because there's a lot of, watch me, old fools. Where they're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, watch me, but their maturity is that of a teenager. And I don't just need you to age. I need you to mature. Baby, you're like fine wine. The older you get, the better you get. Don't touch your neighbor. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you're like a fine wine. The older you get, the better you get. Look at the last one. Here's your shout. Here's your shout. Why does God allow trauma? Here it is right here. He breaks. Here's the third. The fourth, rather. Increase. Which means God says, whenever I'm about to increase you, The first thing I do is allow trauma. I don't like your silence. For every person that's dealt with some traumatic events over the last eight months, ready? If you haven't, sit there. If you haven't at home, don't do nothing. But for the rest of us, where you've gone through some traumatic events in the last eight months, pop up out your seat and release a praise for five seconds. Go, five, four, three, two. What? why He's about to create increase 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 touch 3 to 5 people say, increase 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 in your money, increase in your business increase in your organisation increase in your mind, increase all around He's about to create increase Hey He's about to create increase. Can I just get you to lean back one time and shout increase? Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Let's go. Look at me. So the question becomes, what were David's wounds? Remember, I want you to see yourself as David. I want you to see yourself as David. God says, David, I'm going to allow you trauma because there's some of you, David, I need to break off of you because the door you're about to go through is a skinny door. In other words, you can't come through this door. Watch me with your bags. Because some of you all, you have too many bags. And you think we have to tolerate your baggage. And you, keep, you want everybody to understand you. But then the moment somebody else got baggage, we can't be friends no more. If you don't shut your double standard behind up, where well, you want everybody to tolerate your baggage, you want everybody to have grace with your baggage, you want everybody to give you another chance. Give me, give me another chance. But then when they come so up with their baggage, you, mm, I got to cut some people off, Bishop. Start with yourself. Now, here's the problem. With all this baggage, I can't, there's a door right there. But I can't, but this baggage, I, the only way to get through the door he's open for me is I got to start letting go of some of the baggage because to get through this door watch me i can't even reach for it unless i let the baggage go and i need some of y'all to hear me i think you better let it go it looks like the devil was trying to create another tko but the devil's about to lose again open your mouth say he's about to lose again yeah what was david's trauma number one in his wounds number one isolation I want to talk to those of you where you spend a lot of time by yourself. Welcome to the club, Dave. I, I want to talk to those of you watch me who a lot of your time, you spend it by yourself. You spend it in isolation. And just because you're married don't mean you're not, you don't spend time in isolation. Right? Just, just because you have people around you doesn't mean you don't feel isolated. I want to talk to those of you who you're always in a crowd but you still feel by yourself. He's isolated. Not only is he isolated, watch me, he has inequitable relationships. I want to preach now. David's only relationships are with people, watch me, that aren't people. His relationships are with sheep. Pay attention. Which means, David, this is inequitable because you do for them what they can never do for you. And some of you all, you're constantly surrounded by people who all they do is take, 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 take. Watch me. And here's the truth. They don't even have the capacity to do nothing for you. A sheep is never going to be equal to you, David. So you have inequitable relationships. You got friends where all you do is make stuff happen for them. They never, ever make anything happen for you. In fact, the only thing that they make you do is have grief. You ready? All right, watch me. Lions and bears. This is part of his wounds, part of his trauma. David, as a little boy, you are fighting lions and bears for your father's sheep. These aren't even your sheep. Watch me. You fighting to protect somebody else's stuff. Y'all not going to say that to me. You fighting to make something happen for somebody else. You know the craziest thing about it? Watch me. Is but David did it like it was his. Look at me. Until you can be trusted fighting for another man's, you will never have your own. See, some of you, watch me. You don't even recognize your job is God interviewing you to see if you qualify for your own company. you serve in church is god interviewing you to say can i trust you with what you asked me for because if you are half do it person in church god says you're going to be a half do it person if i give you your own this is why some of you need to rejoice why the way you've served just qualified you for your own i i protected another man's i fought for another man's which means i qualify for my own but David's wounded because he's fighting lions and bears. Imagine this. You're a little boy, but you're fighting these big old animals. You're fighting these massive a-, a lion ain't no punk. Have you ever watched National Geographic? Have you ever watched a bear? I remember when I went to Anchorage, Alaska, and they, and they were talking about and I went in the middle of summer where it's 24 hours of sunlight because of where Alaska is. And, uh, and while we were there, I, I remember, you know, they wanted t- we, to go on all these excursions. And I'm like, we can just stay in the city. <laughs> so they wanted to go on these excursions. So we get on this cruise ship, and you see killer whales, and you see bald eagles, and you see other whales, and other things in the water. And I'm like, well, just let him stay over there. Because I've seen too many movies. That movie had just come out where the people had crash landed in Alaska, and they was eating one another. I said, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to get eight today if you <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. What's um, me. And so I was like, let's just stay in the city. And so we're doing all these excursions and all that, and we go up to one of these big glaciers and all of that, and it goes from where you can have on shorts and a T-shirt um, to where you got to have on a parka. And so we're doing all these excursions, and I hear a roar. <laughs> I said, That's my, let me get on back over here. A bear is not a punk. You know what strikes me as a real not punk? I know that's not good English, just go with me, is a hungry bear. If the bear and the lion came to get a sheep, that means they're hungry. Which means, David, you're used to dealing with people who act like animals. You're used to dealing with people who will cut you to get what they want. Come on. What's his next wound? His brother's attitude towards him. His brothers kept accusing him of being arrogant, and for some of you, It's your own flesh and blood that creates trauma for you. It's people you went to school with that create trauma for you. You ready? Because David, literally, it's his own brothers that are giving him grief. It's his own brothers that are giving him trouble. Imagine how this wounds him because he's the youngest. And you all already know that youngest child is different. Say amen to that. Because now the parents have had an opportunity to mature and develop so that youngest one gets handled different than the early ones did. I wish I had some kids in the room watch me where you can go back to your childhood and you were the oldest and you were like, I never would have got away with that. Where are the honest people at? you like, if I ever had done something like that, it would have been some smoke in the sand. You let them do anything. Look at me. Here's the next part. Here's the next part. His mother is missing. Uh oh, let's go deep now. Come on, let's go deep now. His mother's missing. J- David lets us know that he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, so his mama's missing. Nowhere in the scripture do you see David's mother. We know that because they're in a blended family, his brothers have a different mother than him because of David's statement. He says he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So Jesse went to creeping, and when Jesse went to creeping, David got here. And his brothers looked at him, and they looked down on him because they were like, well, you're the bastard child. Mm. You're the one that was born out of wedlock. Now, recognizing God says, I'm going to use the one that you are treating like trash. He's going to be the one that triumphs. I need you to thank God for every time people treated you less than. Oh, you sinned back and you messed up. You screwed up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, I pray you never walk in another day of condemnation in your life. Y'all still with me? Now his father's rejection. So watch me, his mother's missing and his father's rejection because when Samuel, the man of God, comes to his house, uh, David is not even invited into the house to be anointed king. Samuel has to say, there's got to be somebody else. Watch me. If you ever had a situation where it took an outsider to recognize what was inside? you ready? And now, watch me. In dealing with David's rejection from his father, who can he run to? Look at me. Nobody. His mother's not there. His brothers are contemptible to deal with. So David literally has nobody but him and God. I want to talk to some of y'all where you feel like it's just me and God. Guess what, David? That's preparation. Can I go further? Then once he moves to the palace, you would think it's about to be on. No. Saul is jealous and attempts to murder him. Not once, not twice, multiple times. Saul tries to murder him. Saul literally, when he's ready to give one of his daughters, he's like, I'm gonna get, he's like, David, it's time for you to get married. Mm. I don't know who needs to hear this, but for some of you all, people keep putting pressure on you for relationships. Watch me, and you better be careful because it might be an attempt for you to self-sabotage. I don't know who that's for. Because literally, Saul kept saying to David, it's time for you to get one of my daughters. It's time for you to get one of my daughters. And David's like, no, I can't do this to the king. He's the king's daughter and all that. And, then they, and Saul would give him this impossible task. He was like, give me hundreds of foreskins from Philistine warriors. Do you understand what that is? Like, there's no Hebrew meaning for that. It means what it's always meant. Which means we got to kill these dudes, strip these dudes, cut these dudes, dry these dudes, and bring it back to the king. Not one dude, hundreds of dudes. I want to move on because I don't even like this discussion. What do you do when who's supposed to support you as the one who's trying to take you out? Y'all not going to talk to me today. Then he makes a friend. Jonathan, Saul's son. Bible says they make a covenant. They like, man, I got you, man, I got you. See, you need some Jonathans in your life. That they got your back and you got their back. And it's understood. I don't ever have to question where they stand. A friend of mine the other day, we were talking and, and we were talking about something. And this is what they said to me. They said, well, you know, they said, you know, well, listen, man of God, you know, I'm, I'm with you. They said, so why we don't like him? You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. They said, why we don't like him? I said, he, he said, no, you missed what I said. He said, if somebody got a problem with you, they just created a problem with me. So he said, why we don't like him? The friend David makes, we're almost done, dies. whole life you've been good you and God you finally get a friend that'll fight for you you finally get a not a ride to die you get a ride to live and now he gone you don't even get to say goodbye I want to talk to some of you where you never got closure you're gonna to have to close it yourself. Oh, come on, y'all. We gotta go because I'm out of time. If this somebody close to you say, You're gonna to have to close it yourself. I- <laughs> you maybe never got to say goodbye. You're gonna to have to close it yourself. Maybe you never got the ability to deal, but you're gonna to have to handle it yourself. So his friend does, you would think this is enough. Someone said, How much more? <laughs> At one point, David is running from Saul because Saul's trying to what? Kill him. So he runs to their enemies. Shut up. He runs to the Philistines. The same one, he killed Goliath and sent their army on the run, and he got all these dudes' foreskins. Let's move on. He runs over to them and says, hey, y'all, will will y'all have me? You know it's traumatic when even your enemy won't have you. You know it's traumatic when your ex is like, no, I'm good. You know it's traumatic when you are rejected. How do people you used to go to the club with reject you? You show up in your little club outfit and they be like, "Ah, uh You trying to go to Pierre's Supper Club to get some catfish? Only old school people in Denver. <laughs> <You> tr- <laughs> Let me stop. Watch me. The f- what? The Philistines rejected me? They was like, I'll help y'all take Saul down. They were like, no, we don't want you. (laughs) How is it when your enemy who could benefit from you says, you stay over there. Touch your neighbor next to you. Say, I'm glad they rejected you. (laughs) Y'all ready for this? Because there's more. He often felt alone. If you read his psalms, David is often talking about how he feels alone. And Lord, you have let my enemies come against me, though I will bless you at all times. (laughs) Lord, I can't believe you let this mark do this to me, but I will continue to praise you. Lord, it's just me out here and all these hundreds of people that are with me, but it's just me. (laughs) Me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I want you to come on in the room. Look at me. He often feels alone because the trauma he experienced of isolation makes him ignore the help he has. It makes him ignore the fact that he's not by himself. Can I give you the last part? Then David builds this army. The Bible says that day by day the Lord sends him this army. These people that were rejected, turn on him. I'll say it another way because you missed it. An army of rejected people that he built turn on them. You ever been the only one in somebody's corner? And then they start spelling themselves a little bit, and then all of a sudden they turn on you? His own army was like, we're about to stone him to death. David is like, did nobody want y'all. I'm the only one that tolerated you, that knew what to do with you, and you got the nerve to get... See, I'm so glad some of the people that you helped became your hurt. And more. Say, "And and more. All before the age of 37. Look at me. That's a whole lot to go through and deal with. Before 37 years. Oh, y'all better hear me. You talking about what you've been through, baby. Bye. Touch the person next to you and say, You've been through something. Say, but let's tell the truth. It ain't been all that. So in Psalm 385, we gotta go. I'm out of time. In Psalm 385, um, Today's message is called You Need Therapy. Therapy means healing. And I need you to hear me. I've heard something that I hear Christians say that is so offensive to God. I believe in Jesus and therapy. No, you don't put nothing with God. Jesus is therapy. Why, Bishop? Therapy means healing. So there's multiple ways to heal. Can I show you how David did it? i Psalm 38 and 5, he says, my wounds stink, they're unpleasant, they're contemptible, they're scandalous, and they fester. What does this mean? They're deteriorating because I'm isolated in inactivity. There's no therapy. And for some of you, you got to watch me. The plan of the enemy is to keep you isolated with no activity because you'll never heal in what you get comfortable sitting in. I need you to look at somebody next to you and say, say, do not isolate yourself now. I need some of you online. I need you not to isolate yourself. Get in the chat. Get on prayer. Why? Why? Do not isolate yourself. But watch what he says. Because of my foolishness. He says, My wounds stink because of my foolishness. What does this mean? He mismanaged his wounds. How many of us can be honest that if we look back over some of our wounds, we've mismanaged them? How did David mismanage his wounds? That's called coping. What is coping, Bishop? It's a functional dysfunction. What did David do? He had addictive behavior. What was David's addiction to? Sex. It created false intimacy. Because the truth is, the Bible says David had the most banging Hebrew girl to ever walk the planet. Her name was Abigail. Bible says, Bible says in the Hebrew Midrash says, she was fine, fine. Like when she walked, it was like, it was like from uh, 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 with uh, Urkel. And when she walked, it was like, do, do. Y'all remember that episode? Do, 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 do. Okay. So y'all have never watched TV? Y'all watch Ten Commandments all day? Look at me, look at me, look at me. He used other people. David became a sociopath. How do you know? He used Bathsheba. He said, come, lie with me. She's like, I'm married to Uriah. He's like, I know. You have to be careful of people who entice you to do wrong, know it's wrong, and don't care who they hurt because it's wrong.
1: (laughs) It's quiet in the building. We got to
2: go. He's deceptive. He becomes a professional pretender. He sets his friend Uriah up so that he gets murdered so that he can cover up him sleeping with Bathsheba, which means, David, you knew you shouldn't have slept with Bathsheba. But because you mishandled your trauma, you said, don't I deserve something? I ain't go talk? Don't I deserve to have some fun, too? Everybody, I've been keeping these sheep all my life. Can not I have a little fun, too? I want to talk to those of you who felt like you were missing something by doing right. I want to talk to those of you that felt like you were missing something by putting God first. Can I get you to make this announcement say, I was not missing anything. <laughs> Can I take it further? Then David's disloyal. He hates who loves him and he loves who hates him. Uriah, who is his mighty man, he sets up to be murdered. His good-for-nothing, two-timing, skis and son... Absalom, who tried to take the kingdom that he fought to get. You know what he does for him? He's crying over him. How do you know you haven't handled your trauma right? You mourn the wrong people. You're weeping over the wrong people. You weeping over who wouldn't cross the street for you. Don' like saying that to me. You're weeping over who wouldn't fight for you. You weeping over who would do nothing for you, and the people who would do everything for you, you have a nonchalant attitude towards. Y'all not talking to me today. Come on, say mismanaged wounds. Look at verse 6. So David says, I'm troubled. I'm bowed down. I have physical effects. Then he says, I go mourning all the day long. David says, I'm physically affected. Some of you, you know you're in trauma because of how you're physically affected. You slept all night and you're still tired. That means you have trauma you have not dealt with. Talk to me. Some of you, all day long, you're mourning. Somebody say something good to you like, no, I can't even enjoy it. No, I can't. Somebody crack a joke with you. I can't even laugh at the joke, even though I know the joke is funny. Because you have emotional effects. Watch me. He says, all the day long, which means your trauma consumes your thinking. All you think about is what happened to you. This is how you know you haven't dealt with your trauma yet. But elbow somebody. Come on, y'all. We're about to get out of here. Elbow somebody next to you say, but you're going to deal with it today. Uh-uh. Wrong person. Touch somebody else. That when you say that, they'll put a praise behind it. Say, but you gonna deal with it today? I prophesy before this day is over, healing's gonna hit your trauma. Healing's gonna hit your wounds. Come on, open up your mouth and say, "Heal me, God." Say it again. Say, "Heal me, God." Say it again. Say, "Heal me, God." Today. Today. Today, we're about to move on, but I need you to put a demand on the Spirit of God. Say, heal me, God. Today. 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 Now shout. Today. Today, 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 today. Today. Before I walk out this building, before I log off of this computer, before I put my phone down, shout, heal. Let's go, let's go. Verse 7. For my loins are full of inflammation. What loins there in Hebrew means my confidence. How do you know you're dealing with trauma? You're not confident anymore. You're unsure. You're uncertain. You're clumsy. You do stupid stuff. Because trauma has robbed you of your confidence. Ooh, lay your hands on yourself. Say, but today... Your confidence will return. Oh, you're gonna walk like you own the place. You're gonna throw your shoulders back and walk with some authority. I pray your confidence be restored today. Look, 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 look. He says, He says, and they're full of inflammation. He says, My confidence is disgusted and it's dry. There's no soundness in my flesh. Verse 8: I'm feeble, meaning I have no strength. And some of you, watch me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Some of you. Like, you a fighter, but your trauma's got you like, oh, I need you to see what I did. I need you to see what I did. And, and if I'm talking to you, I need you to wave your hand because I got to kill. I'm on an assignment today, so I got to make sure we kill this today. You normally will fight, but there's been some days and some moments and some hours and hours and hours. you like. You ready? He says, my strength is gone. I would have fought a lion and a bear as a kid. But today, I don't even know if I want to fight to deal with who's got to come bring me my water. Y'all not saying that. You ready? I'm severely broken. Look at the screen. That means scatterbrained. You don't normally screw up. You don't normally do stupid stuff. You don't normally do stupid stuff. You don't normally pay, not pay attention to what you need to pay attention to. You ready? But you scatterbrained. You ready? Look at me. How many can be honest that the last eight months you've done some stuff and you're like, what did you do? Some of y'all lying because I can tell you, you got a scatterbrained spirit.
1: <laughs>
2: you ready? you transferring money to the wrong account. You signing stuff you ain't supposed to sign. You approving stuff you ain't supposed to approve. You saying yes when you really meant to say no. You told people you're going to meet them at 12 at a certain restaurant, and then you drive to a whole other restaurant. <laughs> Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain. You didn't lost your wallet eight times. That's today. <laughs> you ready? Look at me. David said, I'm scatterbrained. And you could, I need some ginkgo biloba. You might need that. Or maybe you're in trauma. And the aftershock has you in a place to where you're not even paying attention. Y'all still with me? We got to go. I groan because of the turmoil in my heart. David, your confession is your confession. Your confession is your confession. You're confessing that you're in turmoil. Your confession is your confession you're still in the aftershock of your trauma. Yes. But today. Yes. Uh-uh. Come on, y'all. We got to go. Please open your mouth and say, but today. Yes. Here's where it starts getting good. Verse 18. Watch what David does. Well, actually, verse 17. Watch what David does. I am ready to fall. Shut up, David. If you can see, you're about to fall. That means God kept you from falling. I'm gonna throw this mic out there if y'all don't say something to me. I felt like I was about to give up. I thought about how I was gonna give up. I thought about my exit strategy. I thought about how I was gonna walk away. But God, please touch your neighbor. Say, God got you, God got you. I was about to fall. I thought about falling, I thought about giving up, I thought about walking away, I thought about saying I can't, but right when I was ready to give up, somebody say, God stepped in. Say, right on time. I need you to go to five people fist bumper and say, you will not give up. You will not fall. You will, come on YouTube, come on LinkedIn, come on Facebook, you will not fall. Go to five people now. Get out your seat. Go to five people now. Thought about it. Thought about it. Type the email. Type the text. It's got the message ready. But he stepped in. Right on time. And I'm glad about it. Can I get you to just lift your hands and say, but he didn't let me fall. Watch me, you owe God a praise that he didn't let you fall. Just the voices, go. Whew. Didn't let you go take the drugs. Didn't let you go smoke the stuff. Didn't let you go over to his house. Didn't let you go over to her house. Didn't let you lose your mind. On three, release the praise, one, two, three. Right on time, 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 right on time. Everybody stand. We gotta go. Verse eighteen. Everybody stand. We gotta go. I will have to finish. I'll try. At eleven fifteen. That's why I still do two. That ain't for me. That's that ain't for you. That's for me. So I have options. Look at me. Look at verse eighteen. David says, I confess. Look at me. David's like, I've been handling this wrong. Everybody look at me. You have been mismanaging your trauma and your wounds. And every day you come into God with your threats. You are terrorists. Because you threaten God. You threaten what you're supposed to be faithful to. What you're supposed to be consistent to. And God says, I ain't moved by your little threats. Now, David, I picked you. But if you choose not to heal from your trauma, I'll pick another. I don't know about you. I have a whole problem with somebody else doing what I'm supposed to do. I need everybody that says, God, you ain't going to have to pick another. Lift your hands and say, I still give you my yes. I still give you my yes. I still give you my yes. Look at me. David says, verse 18, I confess my iniquity. I'm sorry for my sin. What sin, David? Your mismanagement of your wounds. Look at me. You cannot heal until you recognize you've been using the wrong thing to heal. Mismanaged wounds. Mismanaged trauma. Listen to this line we have to go. All will hurt. Few will heal. All will hurt, few will heal because trauma needs therapy. Therapy is healing. And say there's many ways to heal. Everybody stand. We got to go. Number one, what didn't David do? He didn't talk. Some of you, you you talk when it's too late. You want to talk after you didn't. I I wanted to say a word I've never said before, but the pulpit of God is holy. Come see me down here, and I'll whisper it in your ear. <laughs> it ends with <laughs> up. You ready? You talk after you didn't mess up. You want to talk after you didn't toe up your family, toe up your career, toe up your opportunity. Now you want to talk. <laughs> Touch the person next to you say, Talk before it's too late. I got to get you to you real fast. I, I can't finish it. Number two, whatever happened to you was a gift for you. Most of David's trauma was initiated by Jesse. And Jesse's name means God's gift. Which means you've been looking at it as punishment. God says you can't heal because you don't even recognize it's a gift. Bishop, they cheated on me. That was a gift. Bishop, they walked out on me. That was a gift. That was a gift. I wouldn't be what I am today if it wasn't for people doing things that were traumatic. I didn't ask to be no pastor. I didn't ask to be no bishop. I sold and asked you to do it in Denver. I said, bishop, you always saying that. It's the truth. I mean, you, it's acting like, like you just said, you know, water is wet. Well, you you're always saying that. It's the truth. But if it wasn't for trauma, Say it's a gift. Number three, you're the David. David, be a new beginning. So look at verse 22. We have to go. I can't finish it. Say 22. This is what you're going to do today because I I can't finish it. Here's what you're going to do today. We got to go. We got to go. Look at what David says in verse what? 22. He says, make haste to help me. Oh, God, my therapy on the screen why y'all looking like it ain't on the screen i know they're in a different place just stay right there he says help me therapy so when david when david was in isolation david would go into worship he said i ain't got nobody else to talk to i ain't got nobody else i can call these sheep don't know how to respond right and every time I put my hand out to them, they bite it, so I learn to keep it. So he lifts his hands and he says, Jesus, you're my therapy. And show me how to heal. For some of you, watch me, the gym became a place of healing for me. That's why you're like, Bishop, you always talking about that because it was part of my healing because every time I'm in there, I'll be like, I'm, mm, 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 and I'll be getting to heal. Y'all not hear what I'm saying, but watch me. God's going to give you strategies on how to heal. For some of you, you need to just learn how to take a drive before you call and tear stuff up. You need to learn how to take your behind on a walk because you get too emotional too fast. Lift your hands and cry out like David did. Say, Lord, make haste to help say you are my therapy you are my therapy worship God for 10 seconds we're about to go we have to go we're about to go we have to go you are my therapy you are my healing you are lift your hands lift them say Lord You are my therapy. Show me the ways to walk that out. Help me to talk before it's too late. I rebuke my silence. Woo! In Jesus' name. In this building online, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in the building online, do the hand wave emoji, or say, it's me. If you're already saved, I want you to get a seed in your hand, and you're going to call this your therapy seed. Therapy means what? Healing. It's not medicine. Most doctors, and I respect doctors, I am one, not a medical one, but doctors practice medicine. Jesus is healing. And He'll give you different ways to heal. For some of you, healing is simply being able to get around some people that understand it. If you are lion, why are you talking to kitty cats? If you are eagle, why do you keep talking to chickens? They don't get it. And they're never gonna get it. You know what a chicken's gonna do? They're gonna say, Come on down here with us. You need people that when you feel like giving up. When you feel like, when you talking crazy, they'll be like, yeah, I heard what you said, but this is what you're going to do. They'll put a person next to you say, I'm your backup. Online, tag somebody and say, I'm your backup. If this building, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself low, or be sure on three, hands up, or say, it's me online. Or do the hand wave emoji. One, two, three, if that's you, put that hand up in this building. I see you, God bless you. Or do that hand wave emoji. Or say, it's me online i do that hand baby emoji. In the building, it's okay. Put that hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess in my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You just pray that prayer, take out your phone, scan that QR code or text the word decision at 877-552-4746. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. If I'm your shepherd, you can be in Denver, you can be in Atlanta, you can be in New Zealand, you can be in Swaziland, you can be in Nigeria, you can be in Antarctica. Wherever you're at, we'd love for you to be a part of the family. God calls you to a voice. And if I'm that voice, just text the word JOIN HARVEST. There's one word to 877-552-4746 and scan that QR code. You got your therapy seed in your hand? You got your therapy seed in your hand? Amen. Listen, the maids to give are on the screen. Dollar sign, Bishop Forman with the number two at the end. You can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Giblify, and Given if you want to give through cryptocurrency. The key email for all of that is hello at harvestchurch.church. If you came in late and you weren't able to give, I want you to get your giving ready, period. Your tithes, offerings, first true love, offerings. But everybody, I want you to seal this word. Say, this is my therapy seed. Bishop, what should we sow? I'm doing 80. Because I need it to happen today. I said, I need it to happen. I got too much ahead of me. I just did my text to give. You say, Bishop, I don't have 80. Great, you got 800. Do that. Get as close as you can to the 80. Let's call this your therapy. See, lift it towards heaven in the building and online. Say, Lord, I sow believing. Favor finds me. Debts are canceled. Opportunity opens. This is my therapy seed, my healing seed. You are my therapy. Show me creative ways on how to heal from the trauma I've experienced. I know I need it, and I need it today. I can't carry it with me beyond this day, August 28th. I can't carry it into the next month. I can't carry it into the next year. I don't care when you're watching this online. Today is your day of healing. I don't care if you're watching this in October, November, or December. It's your day of healing. Open up your mouth and just say, I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah,